You are listening to Prickly and Blooming. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hey, everyone. Here I am. I am recording this before the final round of the Launchpad 1 competition. So by the time you hear this, you will know whether or not I was a finalist in this competition. And it's weird. I feel like this is a voice from the past. So as you're hearing this now, you will know the results. As I'm recording this now, I don't know the results. (laughs) It'll be like we're going back in a time machine here to listen to this. I'll tell you what's happening right now is I just saw that I'm on the leaderboard. Um, so that's cool. So maybe I'm taking a champagne bath right now, celebrating my finalist position. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna stop talking about it. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay. But anyway, as you know, I'm participating in this, or I was participating. I don't know. (laughs) You're listening to this in the future, uh, a competition for, um, a podcasting contract with a, a large company called podcast one. I'm killing it this week and I'm super excited, but let's get back to where we are. So the ask for this contest is the same that I've been asking for every week. Is like, can you rate the show? Can you review the show? Can you share the show? Download, listen, love on, and, um, and thank you. The women that um, I've had the pleasure of meeting through this project have inspired and grown the confidence with, within me to try something like this, to participate in a contest like this. And I'm just really HHG, remember my humbled, honored, and grateful to be doing this project. And anyway, okay. This week I have oh, just, there's people in your life that you come across that just like they are larger than life in a way and I don't I I'm just Buck is one of those people she has a presence she has a look first time I saw her on the street I was like I've seen that woman before on the internet because there were photos of her and she's recognizable and she stands out and she speaks her mind and she's an artist and she's an entrepreneur and she it was on the city council so she's involved in local politics and, and she's a I'm going to use her word. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in, in the episode and give you a little, little sneak peek. She's a contributor now. And I'm really proud to see her evolve as a contributor because she wasn't that contributor when I first met her. And it's a great evolution to get to the point where you realize that you want to be known for having contributed. And uh, it's an admirable path to take. And I'm, I'm super proud of her for getting involved. Okay. And I'm super excited that she sat down and recorded an episode with me. These are things that I cherish and I love learning things about people that I knew. And I hope you get to know Buck and you enjoy her as well and look her up and follow her store and go look at her husband's artwork. It's freaking amazing. You know, he makes wooden sculptures of like the Dilly Bar from Dairy Queen. (laughs) It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So yeah. All right. Let's go. um, Let's go meet Buck. And don't forget to subscribe, follow all the things on the show, Prickly Booming. Follow me on Instagram, Prickly Booming. Okay, PricklyBooming.com. Okay, bye. So I've mentioned in the intro that I have um, somebody here with me that I'm so excited. I reached out directly. I was like, oh, I really hope she'll do this because you've got personality. And I want to tell you that I knew who you were off of Google before I ever met you. (laughs) 
really? So, yes, she probably doesn't know. That. So this is Buck. Everyone say hi to Buck. Everyone says hi, Buck. Hello, everyone. <laughs> okay, so I want to know a little bit about you before I know a lot about you. So who are you? Oh gosh, I'm never good at those kind of questions. <laughs> well, what's your name? <laughs> My name is Buck Johnston. I live in Where Marfa, do you Texas. Live? I live in Marfa, Texas. Where did you like hail from? Well, I grew up in Oklahoma City, not so pretty. And then I, let's see, bopped around a little bit, LA, New Orleans, Dallas, and then um, moved here from Dallas. Right. And how long ago was that? 20 years this last Saturday. <gasps> Shut up. 20 years. It was our 20-year anniversary living in Marfa last Saturday. Yeah. Wow. Marfa Lights. Oh, that was that. So you got there. It was Marfa Lights weekend? Yeah, it was. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I met Buck. I moved to Marfa in 2006, December of 2006. And obviously, I had visited in September of that year before I moved there and did what everybody did. Like, And this was early in the... There was no social media in 2006. But there was... Um, do you remember Flickr? I do. There were Flickr photos, and you have a physical presence, and you wear red lipstick, which is fucking beautiful, and she has it on right now, everyone. And you had always. um not always even not behind a mask. Even behind a mask, yeah. I have red lipstick yes. on. I haven't given Good. that I'm up. Glad to, not going to. I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you have glasses. Like I'm, I'm in the camera, everyone, with like a hand over my face, like glasses. And so I had seen photos of you before I met you in person. So when I met you, I was like, wait you're the woman I saw over Flickr. So it was like before social media was a thing, the way you found photos, everyone was like of, of, of things and people before it was like before Instagram was Flickr. And so I had seen photos because back also back then there was not many people. It was at photos of event. I was at open house, which is a community event um, hosted by the Chennai foundation. So anyway, that's my story of how, and then Buck and I lived in the same town and we're, I want to hear your story, but um, I just want to mention one thing that you were involved in one of the biggest fears of my life. I was stalled out in a car on the railroad tracks. <gasps> yes. You've forgotten about this. I yes. remember this. Oh, shit. I forgot about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so to, I've, I've conquered two large fears. I was stung I by a scorpion. In, yeah, I was stung by a scorpion in bed one time right here um in the south in san angelo uh, I, something touched my foot and i was like ow um and then another one so another fear in life was i was stalled out in my 1974 volkswagen bug on the tra- railroad tracks in marfa and buck was like are you okay and i was like i don't remember what i said but you're like i'm coming and you just ran and we pushed my car so we pushed that, it I just off went, we did yeah we pushed it off and there wasn't a train coming like imminently but like they run all day yeah you know, it, it, it was it coming yes it was coming <laughs> at some point Yes. So anyway, Buck, I, w- I like to start with what does Texas mean to you? Well, first of all, I want to say I think it's absolutely hilarious that you were introduced to me by Flickr. It's pretty funny. I know. I love. It's I want like to get those two things before social media. It's so funny. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, I like to say that I have developed this very strange thing called Texas pride. Yes. And I'm not sure where or when it happened. But I've developed something called Texas Pride. It's just, Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm in Marfa. We're in our own little Mm -hmm. sweet bubble out here, and I consider it the best small town in America. And and no offense to San Angelo, of course, but uh, (laughs) I love Marfa. And 
I, I think that that Texas pride really has developed because of living in Marfa and um, we're nice. You know, that's the friendly state. There is really a lot mm -hmm. of truth to that. Politics aside, you know, it's, it's really a, a very friendly, you know, just very good people. Mm -hmm. And um, so what does Texas mean to me? I, I have to say, since I live in Marfa, it means big. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes a long time to get anywhere. It's just big. That's what Texas means to me. <laughs> yeah. it's It can take 14 hours, right, to get from one end. If you were coming from New Mexico to get all the way over to Louisiana, I think it's a good for maybe even more than 14 hours. I've always anyway. heard this. I don't think this is true, but I've always heard that like Texarkana to El Paso is longer than like Texarkana to New York city or something absurd. But I don't think that's completely true, but there's like this weird, you know, absurdity about how big, you know, diagonally the state is. I think it is bigger than El Paso to Los Angeles. Well, that's 16. Texarkana. I know it. Yeah. Texarkana. No, it's 16 from here. So yeah, 13. Yeah, probably is. So there's some weird stat. So anyway, to me, it means just means big, big and friendly. Yes. Everything's bigger in Texas. Oh, yeah. So remind you just went over it. You did a brief overview. But when did you first because you were uh, born and raised? I forget how old you were before you left Oklahoma. When did you get to Texas and where did you land? What was the first place? Uh, Dallas. What brought you there? You know, ease. Really, you mm -hmm. know, I, I mm -hmm. was living in New Orleans for a brief time and I got a job offer in tech in Dallas and um, some, I had a lot of really like my best friends from college were already living there. So it was just sort of an mm -hmm. easy move. And I kind of regret that now that I moved because it was sort of easy. I, you know, now I would mm -hmm. definitely, if I had to replay all that, I always think I would have gone to New York City and done something there instead of, you know, taking that sort of easy path. But, you know, it's what I did. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's worked out, I guess. Were you, was, this was after college? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You were like so sometime in your 20s? It was like uh, I graduated college 88. So I think it was around uh, 1990 that I actually moved mm -hmm. to Dallas. I think it was 90, yeah. What was your first impressions of living in Texas? Hmm. Uh, I don't remember really. I just, mm -hmm. uh, I was having so much fun. You know, I was in my twenties and, you know, I was living in a big city, going to lots of, you know, shows, uh, doing a lot of cultural things. I lived down, you know, very close to downtown that like I was really in the hub of it all. And our, all my mm -hmm. friends were really interested in cultural things, you know, art, music, all that stuff. And so, you know, I was just, gosh, I was just going, I was mm -hmm. just, living it so mm -hmm. so I guess it just it, to me it sort of maybe meant opportunity and yeah. fun and freedom you know like I was a young adult out of college making money doing what I mm -hmm. wanted to do so I guess what were you doing then I was uh, working in public relations I have a degree in journalism and I was working in public relations and um, then Charlie... I had no idea that you had a degree in journalism. I do. I have a degree in journalism. So that's kind of what I was doing and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I know that's, uh, as I just kind of hinted, that's not what you're doing now. So no. I'm like, ha. No. Now I'm a shopkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Where did Dallas take you? In your life? Well, you know, I got into uh, design. I got into, uh, mm -hmm. well, I went, kind of did some art and antique restoration, then um, bought a, a Mac computer 
and was like, I am going to learn Photoshop. And this is like 1995, 96, and changed my life. Decided I wanted to learn, you know, I was really interested in design and like learned, you know, Photoshop and learned Illustrator, then just started learning all these programs. Went and worked for a great, just like 1994. I think it was like 1996, 97, whatever it was that I started. Um, I worked for a really fantastic company in Dallas doing web design and changed my life. I met so many great, uh, that all these people that I'm still friends with today, we just really bonded and had a, a great time. I worked there for two years, then went out on my own and started my own company mm-hmm. uh, with my mm-hmm. business partner, boyfriend, um, BB Gun. So we started BB Gun mm-hmm. and kind of never looked back it was fun we just hit the ground and had an amazing accounts did a lot of uh very corporate stuff but mm-hmm. certainly paid the bills and you were at the forefront of that industry i like to say that i was born on the web <laughs> yeah like I you really, really were that i mean mm-hmm. if you you were in web design if you will in the late 90s mid to late 90s correct correct i got this timeline right like i imagine the network was pretty small, even in the entire country. Like there was probably just a few Mm -hmm. like boutique, if you will, uh, companies creating these websites and doing design. Like you probably were. I know them all. I remember. I I I mean, like I remember when JavaScript came out or, I mean, just really like just HTML three or like all of these funny things and, you know, going from ISDN to like, you know, Whatever. It was just like this, it, I, just all these companies that we were pretty tight, you know, and thinking about what was really happening in, you know, Silicon Valley at the time and just all those companies that we talked to and, you know, we were all kind of going at it together. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was a really mm-hmm. exciting time. Yeah. I was about to, like, I don't know what, I guess if you were at the forefront of social media, I'm like, I don't even know what an equivalent would be these days, you well, know? I have to say, you know, I don't know about social media so much. Mm-hmm. For me, we called mm-hmm. it new media at the time because yes. it was just so new. Uh, I can't say that I was really, like, social media. Um, it's sort of when I, when social media started coming into the fore, it's kind of when I hopped mm-hmm. out. It's like when yep. I, it felt shopping mall-like or something to me. And mm-hmm. it didn't really, it was a little too corporate at that point. And then that's when I hopped mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. that's when I sort of we started with kind of wrong and anyway decided to open a little store yeah are you doing any any you're not doing any of that work anymore with bb gun are you no none no none did you sell it or does it go on without you well i guess i can talk about this it seems so personal but my business partner the other b in bb gun he is he lost eyesight his eyesight oh wow yeah so he's he's legally blind and so and i was already wanting out of the industry and so but that sort mm-hmm. of was the final nail for for us okay. to do this kind uh-huh. of work he's still doing stuff a little bit but not like we were for by any means okay. so i don't want to skip over because i'm like wait we got to land you back somehow how did you end up in marfa camp my partner um we were on a road trip and it seems okay. like this story has been told so much and just stop me if it's so incredibly boring and something you've heard before but I don't even know that I've heard it more than twice at most. Okay. So we were on a road trip. We were, um, we went to the Big Bend. Well, first we went to Houston for the Art Car Parade, drove to the Big Bend National Park, 
And somebody had said, hey, there's this great hot springs. So we rode over to Chinati Hot Springs, had the most bizarre weekend there. And but fell in love, <laughs> fell in love with the area. And uh, camp had been to Marfa, I had not. So I was like, hey, let's go back through Marfa. Actually, there was a symposium, and I cannot remember which one. Maybe art and light. There was a symposium that Chinati was doing that weekend. So we had a few friends in Marfet that weekend. So we we pull in and kind of just fell in love with the town. I mean, it was during a symposium. There was some action going on, and we had we already loved the landscape. And so. We were supposed to head back to Dallas for a wedding, blew that off, and <laughs> spent the night. Woke up at like, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning and said, hey, let's look at property, thinking we'd just get a little adobe ruin. We looked at two adobe ruins that I since, you know, now that I wish we'd purchased. <laughs> those right. two. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody said, hey, there's this old church for sale. And so we went and looked in the window and we called Valda, you know, the uh-huh. real estate agent, Valda. And... Um, so she opened up the church, showed us the church, and told us the amount. And camp was like, yeah, we'll take it. And it was really funny. She said, well, do you want to see the house? Because we didn't know it came with the little house next door. We thought we were just buying the church. So mm-hmm. for what we had already committed, we got the house as well. And then we spent the end of the night, went to Joe's or Ray's, whatever you want to call it now, or Lost Horse now, mm-hmm. and partied that night, left the next morning. And I'll never forget we were you know, holding hands as we left, headed towards Alpine. And I just thought, what the hell have I done? Like, (laughs) you know, Camp and I had only been together three months. And I had basically just, we decided to take on this huge project in Marfa. And here we go. So, yeah. yeah. And you were both living in Dallas and he's an artist. Was was he a full-time artist then? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. At the time, was it conceivable for you to live and work remote or was that kind of like pushing the bounds if you will 20 years ago kind of a a lot of each maybe um Mm -hmm. you know I knew I could do it I would Mm -hmm. tell my clients you know that you know I could be in Dallas basically in four hours because you know three hour Mm -hmm. drive to Midland hour flight I could be there so and I I did Mm -hmm. a lot of that when we first moved here a mm-hmm. lot of that. I mean, I was going to Dallas quite often for meetings and then, but, you know, I think, you know, we started doing conference calls and it, we figured mm-hmm. it out. So and right. it became Tech a lot evolved. easier. It did. Yeah. It caught up. Yeah. So yeah, it became yeah. easier to do that for sure. I mean, it, it seems, inc- it seems ridiculous to even ask that question now, you know, know especially right? in the last y- year and a half, year. but I know mm-hmm. contextually 20 years ago, that was unusual. That was unusual for you to say, like, I work in Dallas. If you, if you want to say you work in Dallas or you yeah. only work on online or whatever, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what, what do you mean? You know? So how long, cause I, I know how long it took me, <laughs> how long did it take you to pack up your life and get back out there? And be there and living there in Marfa. We moved here four months later. Yeah, we bought the place and we bought the property in May and then we moved here that September, the Labor Day weekend. So it took us Mm -hmm. about four months to get out here. And there was, it was not, and I spent a month of that in Europe for a vacation. So it was kind of nutty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you said you're from Oklahoma, but I don't remember if you're from a big city or a small town. Have you lived somewhere so small previously in population? I kind of did. The mm-hmm. last two years of high school, my father retired, and we moved to a tiny town sort of in southern Oklahoma. He wanted to live on a lake, 
like you. And <laughs> so we lived on this beautiful lake in southern Oklahoma and water skied every day. I mean, we really had this, you know, this, this small town thing. I, when we, I left the day after high school graduation, I left and went to college. So I was like, I am never living in a small town again. So here I am living in a small town. I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hated it. But I don't know. Here I am. Right. I, I think just in that is is the never say never, right? I mean, it's I so guess, yeah. generic, it's cheesy life lesson, but yeah. it's, it's so true. It's I mean, I, I said we never leave Marfa. <laughs> and here you are. And you're, still in a, you're still in a little. Yes, yes, absolutely. I still have business there. Yeah. This is funny of like knowing people and knowing a little bit of their story is I feel like your combined journeys were affected by his, you know, his career as an artist because you are selling his items. And, and now I know you have a story like, like, how did this come together? Right. How did your lives come together personally and professionally to create like now where you are? Well, I think it, I, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is so analog and I'm really digital. So I think yes. that a lot of that kind of made sense. But the way, mm-hmm. you know, this, as far as wrong came together was, you know, Jacqueline Northcutt, she had that little spot over, you know, by Paryavar now, or it's where Cobra Rock used to be, that little store. Mm-hmm. And she approached me and she said, hey, I have this little space and I'll rent it to you really cheap. I want you to open a store. And I was like, hell mm-hmm. no. I have absolutely <laughs> zero time to do that. No way. And this is, uh-huh. I was still doing my other stuff. I said no. And then she called me like two weeks later and said, hey, I want you to reconsider. I really think you should. I, I really think this would be a cool thing. You know, you could sell camp stuff and whatever. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. We'll just do it on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was just kind of a hobby. And you know, we were kind of like, okay, let's see if we can make a hundred dollars a day. Okay. Let's see. You know, so it just started, it kind of just sort of grew and then it took off and then we moved it over to the church building and it really Mm -hmm. took off. And then now we're down here on Highland and it's really taken off. So it's been very organic, but you know, I, I tell people now, I kind of wish I'd gotten into retail years ago. I love it. I really uh-huh. like it. I, I, I like the talking. I like the interactions with people. And I, I really like being a shopkeeper. I think it's yeah. a lot of fun. It makes a lot of sense knowing you. And um, I, I knew you in person, if you will. <laughs> I didn't know you on the internet. And I can't imagine you working at a computer all day because yeah, you're a very social person. You're a very involved person. I imagine you do that too. You're like, how did I do that? Right. For probably years and years and years. Yeah. Your work interaction was strictly on the computer and now you're in a social position. I am. And I like it. It really, it, uh, yeah. it very much suits my personality. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, so that's with camp. So yeah. So mm-hmm. coming together, you know, the store mm-hmm. kind of that merger kind of happened because of the store, but we were already, you know, we got together because he, he needed a website. Oh, really? Yeah. And we started having these meetings, you know, that we need to discuss his website. And so I was That's trading cool. for his website. I was getting a piece of artwork, artwork. And he likes to say that he got the website and he got to keep the artwork. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So he's analog. I'm digital. So it's just all kind yeah. of came together. Yeah. We speak for a minute about his art. He kind of, I mean, he's really more of a sculptor now. I think when we moved here, he he did these, we like to call them um, assembled wood paintings Mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, and how it really came about is kind of cool. When he was 
chiseling or making something, he noticed that he had all of these scraps lying around. So he started to use those scraps to make these sort of, um, they really tell a story. They're, um, you know, these big paintings of on, uh, on wood, usually on some sort of crate, you know, some sort of wood crate or whatever. And But he'd do these assembled wood paintings with, you know, patterns and color and and you know people have often used the word whimsical and i i think both of us always cringe when they we Mm -hmm. we we hear that but they are in a way whimsical and they're always humorous and always a little political too they have Mm -hmm. they ride that fine line and you know it's the subtle you know politics and then the i think that kind of makes them funny but now he's doing more mostly sculpture um I think he'd like to get back into some of the, that sort of painting, but he's really just sculpting, and he just does these big ass, hard to move, yeah, like <laughs> you know, could kill him every time he has a show. Like, are you kidding me? We've got to move, uh, find a way to move these things. But he does these big sculptures now. So, were you involved in the art scene previously in your life, or was coming to Marfa really brought that out? Because you are involved now. You know, I went to art openings. I was okay. involved in uh-huh. that way. Uh, you know, right. all of our friends, you know, are in some way connected to the art world, especially in Dallas, right. where we were. Mm-hmm. And so definitely interested in art. No, mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in being a gallerist. And I still, like, mm-hmm. hesitate in calling myself that because, you know, I take that, I think that's a very serious position. So, mm-hmm. but interested in art, yes. But was I involved? I'm not, like, actively. So Right, mm-hmm. right. Would you say you are now, or did I make an assumption? No, I am now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah okay, abso- cool. Absolutely. Yeah. How are you? Like, how does that come out? Where? What roles do you fulfill in your life? Like, are you on boards? <laughs> mm, what boards am I on? No, right. I don't think I'm on. I've been asked, but... Uh, right. Several boards I've been asked, but not interested, especially because of what I'm doing now with the city. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it just curating the store. You know, yeah. our, our store mm-hmm. is very artist-driven. Yeah, speak about that. Tell me Yeah, more. we like to say that, you know, everything in our store is an artist friend that we know and love. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very artist-driven. It's hopefully things that you can't find anywhere else. So it's a store and a gallery. So we curate the gallery as well as the store. We have started a little ar- um, artist-in-residency program, like one or two a year. And so we take that very seriously, like who we choose that's super cool. Tell me about that. I don't know about this. Because of COVID, you know, we and we, because we moved over here, we have the church space available, and we have the uh, okay. the, the casita, the apartment behind it, available. Mm-hmm. And uh, since of COVID, we you know we haven't been doing any short term rentals in that, and probably won't do that again. So it's a really nice space where someone can come live. They can live in the back. They can work in the church space, then have some sort of exhibition. It ties in well if they produce something for the store. So that's what we're doing. So we just had um, an artist from Austin for the month of October and worked out really well. And so we have another one in December. And so we're going to just see how this goes, try to do one or two artists in residence. You know, just they can come out, stay, produce work, and get to know Marfa. I love it. Yeah, it's been fun. It's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I love that you've migrated that, you know, that space into something different. Yeah. So I know this about you too. This is so funny talking to people that, you know, what was your relationship to small town politics? <laughs> Cause I know that you've gotten involved recently. Like you just hinted at it. You said, well, what I do with the city now? What do you do with the city now? I'm on city council. How long have you been doing that? 
three years. This is my fourth year. Uh, next May, I'm, I won't run for re-election, so it'll be my last year. For so it will mm -hmm. have been four years, two terms that I have been on city council. What prompted you to get involved there? A lot of things, you know. I, one, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a biggie. Like, let's get involved and let's make things happen mm -hmm. locally. Mm -hmm. Another thing, the city was um, working on a zoning ordinance. And mm -hmm. I very much wanted to be part of that process, which we still haven't attacked. And I'm hoping before next May <laughs> that we do. Yes. It drives me nuts. Things take so long. Um, so mm -hmm. I wanted to be a part of that zoning ordinance. And I guess that's enough of an answer. You know, yeah. I think that yeah. just I wanted to. I have always said that I think the most important word, and especially in a small town, is the word contribute. Mm -hmm. If you're not contributing, then kind of like I'm just not really much interested in you. I really feel like that people need to contribute. And, mm -hmm. and that's a broad word, broad word. It means different things to everyone. But just as long oh, yeah. as you contribute in some way. So it's really important to me that people contribute. And so I felt like it was important for me to contribute by the, in the way of serving on city council. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because I, I know this about you, that for the long time you're like, no, 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 no. Because you, you had been prompted to run for city council and participate um, for a long time. And I remember hearing or seeing that you were doing it. And I was like, ah. She finally, did finally, she yeah, did I it. I used to say the most important word in Marfa was no. Yes. <laughs> then I went to a phase. The most important word was yes. And now I'm back to saying the most important word in Marfa is no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been funny. What is bringing you to the end of the service? Anything in particular or you just feel like you, you know, your Personal. time has. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. it's, you know, yeah. it's just like it's taken away a lot of personal time with my partner. Mm -hmm. Also, too. And. I used to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very serious about this. I've said this to my, uh, we, I was just with a bunch of our friends, mm -hmm. big gathering. And I was just like, you know, I used to be a lot of fun. And city council has made me very serious. It's made me a very mm -hmm. serious person. I think about things a lot more. I, I don't know if the word cautious, but I, I think about my actions a lot more. I think about, mm -hmm. I guess I'm becoming an adult, as gross oh. as that may sound. Uh-huh. So it's made me a very more, much more serious person. And I can't say that I am happy about that. I like being the uh -huh. fun, carefree person that I was before. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to get some of that back by not serving on city council. Get so it. Mm -hmm. there you have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I get that. I understand that. Um, in my own journey, um, mm -hmm. where it would be motherhood. Yeah. Like you think back of like, gosh, I used to be light and laughter and fun. And now it's like serious and grades and, you know, discipline and rides and commitments and this, that, and the other. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a universal experience where it might have been ignited by different fires or whatever. But I think getting to that point where you're like, wait, what is motivating me? Well, Jesse, you know, mine's mm -hmm. only four years. Right. I know. I got a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you can change like the idea, you know, how you're operating within motherhood, though. Oh, sure. sure. I'm teasing you for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I, you know what, though? My oldest one is four years away from like being done. It's crazy. Wow. I know. The oldest, uh, the oldest child, Gray, is about to be 14 this year. So dang. I know. I know. We hinted earlier. Well, not hinted. We talked about earlier where you said that you have a Texas pride 
what would you say is the biggest contributor to that? Why I'm asking that is you are not a stereotypical Texan. No. No. And you love this state. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I think it has. It always goes, like, when I was dealing with corporations, mm-hmm. you know, it always goes back to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, the people. And mm-hmm. um, I think the people of Texas are really grand. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it's kind of a simple answer. It's just yeah. I know a lot of really good Texans. And it's great. I, mean, I guess you're right. You know, like, I'm not a typical Texan. I know you're right about that. But mm-hmm. even those who I think are typical Texans, they contribute. Or they mm-hmm. you can find, you know, something really good in them, of course. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it always mm-hmm. goes back to the people. Good people. And I've had the same same experience. I am also not from the state like you. I came here around the same time as you. I lived in a big city and then I moved to a small town. Um, and our stories are similar. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had no idea that I was, because I came from a much more northern place yeah. than you. Right. I had no idea that I was, quote unquote, I don't know what this would mean either, but I was a southern woman at heart. You oh, know, that's funny. That, I don't consider mm-hmm. myself a southern woman at heart, but maybe I am. You mm-hmm. know, Lord knows I like my biscuits and gravy. Um, right. So maybe I am. So yeah. I well, I, I think that Texas exists in this like southwest, south kind of right in the middle there, you know, in the mindset and in geography. So there is a Southern influence to the state for sure. But I guess Texas, we, I just talked about this in the previous episode, wouldn't really consider itself the South. But as far as coming from like straight up New England, this is a, a South to me. And I... Absolutely. And I and I think Marf is a different thing too, because we're kind of like West. You know, we're seeing, yes. it seems so Western. Like, you know, it's like we're we're in the Southwest here. So yes. it's kind of a, yeah, it's a big state. Right. So living in a small town, mm-hmm. I know that one of the, um, the things about the small town that we both love was that it had like a bigger presence than most small towns. You mean Marfa? Yes. Marfa made me into like a, a, a country person, if you will. I'm doing this quote unquote, or I, I think you have the, a similar experience of you didn't think you'd live in such a small town, but what is it about that small town that fills your heart? I mean, you said, probably this, I'm assuming it's the same thing is the people. No, ah. I, think, I don't, I mean, I guess, but not really, you know, Marfa's, mm-hmm. you know, Marfa's a tough place to live mm-hmm. because of the people, you know, it's, I've since, I don't know. I've decided about Marfa that like every single person has their own idea of what Marfa is. I mean, I see it every day with a tourist, with people that have lived here as long as I have, and people who have lived here all their life. If you ask all of these people, every single person will have a different idea of what Marfa means to them and what Marfa is or should be or whatever it is. And maybe that's part of being on council where I have just learned to let that go, that, you know, it's just such an interesting little town. I think for me, the culture of it, um, mm-hmm. it's always refreshing. It's always charming. Um, there's always something new happening here. It's always changing. And for better or worse, you know, mm-hmm. 
it's always changing. So it's very, it's an interesting place. There's no other town like it, especially in Texas, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's very cultural. Like you can go, you know, and see a Judd sculpture and then you can sit on the courthouse lawn and dance to, you know, a homegrown cool. local mm-hmm. band that's, mm-hmm. you know, a riot. I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it's a very complex place. And it's it's kind of difficult to navigate, so I think it makes it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, would you live in another small town? Camp and I played this game the other night. Ah, we played this game. We kind of went through every single state. Mm-hmm. We were drinking wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we started playing this game of like going through every single state. Like, it, first we'd eliminate the state, but if we couldn't eliminate the state, then what t- place in that state? could we live mm-hmm. or what I mean what you know, place what town or city and um you know i i don't know that i'd live in a small town again maybe in maine that's that's the only area that we could think of that maybe you know galveston made the list weirdly he's born born in galveston but okay. i don't know I, so I, and I, i'm just going back to your question no probably not yeah. but yeah. Maybe. Because I find it interesting because it is a small town made up of people who would not typically be in a small town, move to a small town, exist in a small town. So it's such a fascinating subject to me. But I, myself, I grew up in a town of about, mm, I think there was about 20,000 people. Yeah, it was Um, small too. Yeah, yeah, it it grew quite a bit, though, in the time that I was a kid. But I certainly, certainly, certainly never thought I would live somewhere that small. Smaller. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, never, never. In fact, when we did, you know, uh, I remember my parents and Daniel's parents were like, where? You know, what? Mm-hmm. That's a really small place. And I feel like Goldilocks, you know, I've lived in a big city. I lived in a tiny town and now I'm like in the middle somewhere, you know, like, is this comfort to me? <laughs> 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 Can I get like uh, something at midnight that I need? Yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, no. people don't know. <laughs> yeah. Marfa is very, very remote. Um, the closest, let's say, convenience, if you will, of like a Walmart, which is not really, but it, it, it is, it's something people can understand. The closest Walmart is 100 miles away. The closest airport is 200 miles away. There is one fast food store. There is one blinking red light. There is basically one intersection in the town. So it takes a lot, like, it's hard to live there physically. Like, it's hard to get healthcare. It's hard to get childcare. It's hard to get blah, blah, blah. So people are, the whole point of this is like people are really dedicated when they live there. And it's true. It's true. It's definitely true. I mean, you kind of have to be. It's gotten easier in the last 20 years for sure. You know, certain things about it have gotten easier. But really, when I say easier, it's it's really creature comforts that you don't really need anyway. But, you know, you kind of want because we're all too comfortable. So, but yeah, anyway, Marfa, I could talk about it endlessly, really. It's just such a complicated, weird place. It really is. It really is. At the end of this, Mm -hmm. like at this right now, you've had a couple careers. Now you're a shopkeeper. Do you see this going on for a while? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You think this is settling for a while? I think so. Is there something else coming? We're looking at buying a building in El Paso. Oh. Yeah. Right now it's like kind of a 50-50 sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I shouldn't even say, but why not? I don't care. So we're, we're looking at a building in El Paso and, um, you know, and if that happens, I think that's going to be a new chapter for us in some way. It's, you know, I think we're both kind of excited. It's uh, brought out a lot of creative ideas for us and options. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, we'll see where, where that goes. If it doesn't, we are 
so happy right here. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. the wrong store is kicking it. And uh, it's we've got uh, some great ideas for this mm-hmm. space. I think that we'll be doing wrong store in this space if things go as we see right now, probably for the next 12, 15 years. Cool. And then, you know, we're both, we're not young. We're definitely mm-hmm. middle-aged, and it kills us to say that, but we're middle-aged. So at that point, then we'll regroup and maybe do something else. Cool. Yeah. But this is working. Yeah. I love it. El Paso, anytime I got the opportunity to go to city, that was the city we chose to go to. And I just loved what happened in that city in the 15 years we lived out in Far West Texas. It's really the life coming back to the downtown and just the activity. I think it's one of the best cities in Texas. Yeah. Under the radar, underestimated. Like underestimated if y'all for sure. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that's so super we, exciting. We like it. Yeah, we like I it. I love and that. Kind of feel a pool going west. You know, we yeah, we don't go east much, so we're kind of interested in heading that direction. So that's kind of an easier, easy step for us. So we'll see where that takes us. Maybe you know, it may not happen, but if it does, it'll be fun. It'll be a nice, fun project. Yeah, yeah, cool. So in the closing, before I have like fun questions, is there anything else you want to share that's relevant about like? Texas, uh, your life, your career, your, you know, well, I, yeah, actually there is, since this is a, for about women, yes. you know, it's a shit show in Austin. Yep. And I think that women need to step up and mm-hmm. run for election and get elected so we can change what the hell is happening in Austin. Cause it is mm-hmm. a real shit show. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because, you know, these representatives don't really get paid. You know, they're, you know, it's a tough, tough game mm-hmm. to play, but we got to do it. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not interested in myself. I, you know, I've done my four years here, but on a state level, I mean, I would just say that Texas women need to get off their asses and get involved and let's change the course of this state because it's not working. It's not working mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. It's not. So 100%. that's. That's how I wanted gotta, that. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's a, exactly like mm-hmm. contribute. Yeah. Contribute. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. I love to end this with um, some questions. A couple of them um, simple. Some of them might get a little more in depth. Cilantro. Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> uh, when was the last time you went tubing? Tubing as in like, well, mm-hmm. the Texas tradition of tubing. Well, I would have to say it was like a couple weeks ago because we were mm-hmm. on a lake in Arkansas. We were on okay. Lake Washita, and so mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Okay, I That's was floating in a lake. I wasn't Love on a it. river, but I was on a lake. Okay, so I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. The Central Texas, the tubes. Forever. Like it's been a while. Forever yeah, since I've done that. Yeah. What was your first job? I don't remember. One second, let me think. My mm-hmm. dad wouldn't let us work in high school. Uh, oh, it was a restaurant job. Yeah, it was in college, and my first job was, oh, my God. If anyone knows Oklahoma City, my first job was at Molly Murphy's House of Fine <laughs> Repute. Molly Murphy's House of Fine Repute. I got that right. It was this fine dining, wackadoodle restaurant. So that was my first job, and it was a blast. And I still Perfect. have friends from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. You, you restaurant jobs, yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, what does H-E-B stand for? <laughs> I always like to say Howard E. Butts. It is. It is. So. Yeah, it's Howard Edward Butts. Yeah. Uh, then I've always heard too. It's also like he always says it's like the three towns. Uh, oh really? Yeah, those three towns are good. But Howard E. Butts. I got that yeah, one right. I, 
Yeah, you got that. Uh, okay, so then this one gets a little more intricate here. So as someone who, like I said, moved to the state and the ritual of food, there's a lot of... Oh, I'm going to fail this one. <laughs> no, it's no failing. It's okay, all personal. Okay. Okay. So you're at a barbecue restaurant, right? Which is like the whole experience of barbecue was just mm-hmm. foreign to me, right? I, I, it's not anything that I grew up with. Same. And I was fascinated with the stack of bread. I remember being like, what do I do with this? What are we doing with this? Are we eating this? I was saying, like, so you're at the barbecue restaurant. Do you eat the bread? How do you eat the bread? Uh, yeah, I eat the white bread. And I use it sort of like scooped. You know, like it's like okay. with a fork. Okay. Kind of like you'll shovel like some of the meat on it and maybe make it like a little mini sandwich. That's sort of how I do it, okay. maybe. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you sop some sauce? Oh, probably, yeah. I like the yeah, sauce. No. But I'm not yeah. a big fan of barbecue, I have to say. Yeah. Do you eat meat? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask me a Whataburger. I've never eaten no. a Whataburger. No, I've barely eaten at a Whataburger, too, especially now being celiac. There's really not much I can have there. But to, to me, as an outsider coming to the state, the, rich, the ritual of barbecue it's just fascinating to me because if anywhere that there was like such a, a food connected to, you know, culture and ritual, it's, it's very common. But Texas is barbecue without a doubt, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's so ritualistic. I love to ask people about the ritual and the bread is like a perfect. It's hilarious. Point, the or, white or bread. Wait, yeah. The white bread. Right. It's the softest white bread you can ever find. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't I don't even think convenience. They don't no. offer white bread. But I like Ooh, the white I don't bread. Think so. Yeah. I, he would do a nice, wonderful bread. That's why it's, yeah, you know, they do it's those probably great Alec. homemade tortillas, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, tortillas is also the, that's another one where there's tortillas. Like if you went to a Mexican restaurant in Massachusetts, there was not a plate of tortillas served. Like coming to Texas, I was like, what is this thing of tortillas? Like, what are we doing? Same. It's the same question. Like, what are we doing with this? Like, you know, there's a, there's a cultural understanding that I just missed when I first arrived in the state. I've obviously figured it out now, but I love to ask people about how they eat the bread at the barbecue because it really... I, I guess like it, it I, that's how I would just say on the side, uh-huh. kind of a scooper. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a scooper. I love it. Like some, people answered. <laughs> some people are sandwich makers, you know, like yeah. you put the meat and you put the, and you really do make a sandwich and I get oh, the scoopers. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine's like a, maybe yeah. a little mini sandwich. I'll scoop it in there and do like yeah. a corner of the bread and then maybe peel a little sauce and like mm-hmm. rip it and like make a little mini sandwich. But yep, yep. Nothing, yeah. Kind of rolled. It. A it's kind of like a tortilla. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is <laughs> a tortilla wannabe? Yeah. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to share with everybody before we sign off for today? No, but I like your little fun questions about food and all what makes you a Texan and all that shit. That's fun. Yeah. No, thank you, Jesse. It's been fun talking to you and thank seeing you. you. It seems like forever yeah. since I've seen you, so it's really great to mm-hmm. see you. And yeah, have fun. Same. Yeah. And everybody, if you want to follow, Buck has um, a website. What is it? wrongmarfa.com wrongmarfa and I think you have even though social media is weird yeah yeah. Instagram Mm -hmm. is wrongmarfa so yeah follow along for the silliness that it is I know I know and you do mail orders and stuff right (laughs) I ship every fucking day I love it (laughs) you're a shopkeeper shipper (laughs) I am I ship every day so anyway thanks so much good talking to you thank you and give my love to the family I will. Talk to you later. All right, everyone. We'll meet here again next week.